morning, everybody. How are we doing? Any Stranger Things fans in the, in the house? Well, my name is Sean Lee. I'm lead pastor here. And if you are visiting today with us, we are so glad to have you. And for those of you watching online, uh, we're glad that you are with us today. Um, just a reminder, if we are going to be doing communion later in the service, so if you are watching online and do not have elements, go get some elements. And if you haven't gotten elements and you're in person, either raise your hand, let us know, or you can go around to the corner. There's a table uh, with them on it. All right, so we have a lot of stuff going on this month. I'm super excited. Obviously, brand new series, Weird Church. Who's ready for Weird Church? You guys ready for some Weird Church? It's going to be it's gonna be fun. There's a lot going on this month. Um, it's really special. So on October 17th, if you didn't see, we're actually going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary of our launch, and that's just incredible. Let's, you, guys can, you guys can clap for that. We, we made it. We lasted a year through COVID, through all the different divisions that's going on in our world today, and we're continuing to, to do our best and just trust that God has. But we are going to be celebrating October 17th, so in two weeks, and we are going to be doing it at Noctera Brewing Company down in uh, downtown Powell, all right? So we, if you come here on the 17th, we are not going to be here in this building. We are going to be outside hanging out at the brewery. And then afterwards, we're going to have some food trucks. We're going to have, well, a food truck. Anybody like Ray Ray's Barbecue? Yeah, so Ray Ray's Barbecue is going to be there, some good beer, some good food, some good people. If you don't like beer, you don't have to drink beer. They have other non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, we're going to have like a one-drink limit, I think. No, <laughs> Everybody's like, what? No, just represent Jesus well, all right? Right? That's, that's, the, that's the thing, represent Jesus well. Um, so looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a game truck for the kids, face painting, balloon animals. It's going to be a blast. And so if you guys are around, please come. Invite your friends. Um, again, this is Weird Church. Who goes to a brewery and celebrates, you know, the one-year anniversary? So bring your friends. Uh, it'll be a very non-threatening environment. They don't have to come into a Weird Church building. Uh, and they can just, you know, drink beer and have some food. So that's coming up. And then at the end of the month, we have Monster Mash, our Halloween Monster Mash. This is going to be a really fun event that we're going to put on for the community. We actually did this before we launched as a church and before the pandemic. Uh, we did this. We, we rented out Bridgewater. And we did this, this whole event before we had even started. And it was a great event. And we have no idea. Uh, we don't know fully the climate, if people are going to bring their kids or not. Uh, but we're going to have fun. We're going to come. There's going to be a magician who is like a comedic kid's magician. He's hilarious. We're going to be having stuff going on in here. We're going to have a ton of tables of free candy. And so parents, you know, bring your kids so you can steal their candy later. Because, you know, you're going to want some of that. So... Bring your kids. It's going to be fun. And if you haven't signed up to help, please let us know. All the help we can get, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, so we got a crazy month ahead of us. October is going to be just jam-packed, and we're really excited. And again, we're starting this, this new series, Weird Church. So if you guys are ready to get weird, we're going to dig into this. And as you know, if you're new, this is new for you. But every week, the pastors, uh, myself, Pastor Jason, Pastor CR, uh, we get in a car, and we start talking about the sermon for the day. So we start talking about... Weird Church. Let's watch this video. Technical difficulties? No, no video? Oh, man. I know, you guys are like, man, we listen to Sean enough. We need to, we need to hear some more of the other pastors. That's, yeah, yeah right. I guess we're just going to have to be like every other church, no, no videos during the, uh, the message today. All right, so 
Weird church. I had a really cool setup coming out of that video that I'm just not going to be, like, it's just like, I can't even say it now because you're not going to get it. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're just going to jump into it. This is good. This is, again, this is weird, right? It's, we're just, we're just going to roll with it. All right, so if we're going to be weird, what does weird mean? Does anybody even know what weird means? I think we think we know what weird means. Do we have, like, a connotation in our head, like, okay, what is weird? So if you, if you just get on Google and you Google weird, this is what it says. Suggesting something supernatural. Suggesting something supernatural. Can you get a, can you get a better definition of, of church or what Jesus is, right? Suggesting something supernatural. I think it's great. So I have three foundations that I want to work off of today. Um, it's, it's okay on the video, guys. It's really okay. We'll see. They're still, I know they're working. It's, it's okay if we don't get to it, but I'll continue. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my first, my first foundation because I have three foundations that I want to work off for this, weird, for this weird series. The first foundation is this. Jesus is weird. Okay, that's, that's the first foundation I want to work off of today. Jesus is weird. Um, that's probably not, not a highlighted point that most of you think you're going to see when you come to church. Like, Jesus is weird. Like, isn't that bad to say that? But if you think about it, born of a virgin. Okay, that's, that's weird. Oh, we do have the video. Are you good? All right, we can, we can do the video. Let's do the video, right? I saw somebody have a sticker that said, keep church weird. Yes. And I thought that was awesome. In a Jesus way. How do we right. embrace the weird? I would certainly say if we're not living a Christ-like life, we're going to be pretty normal. Yes. So the best way to be weird is to be like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was weird. We don't actually act like we know Jesus. That's the thing. Yeah. Like if you if your best friend was like this random character, <laughs> that rubs off on you. I mean, I think we've all had a friend, or at least I've had friends in my life that are extremely random people. And they Sean have, and I can think of one very specific <laughs> friend in our life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you. <laughs> Exactly. And if you hang around with that person, like the way they talk, yep. uh, you know, some of the words they use, um, they have their own definitions for words, yep. that rubs off on you. Yes. And and if you do that stuff around other people, you're going to be weird. You get the look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to ask ourselves, why aren't we being weird and how can we be more weird? Well, we aren't being weird because we want to fit in. That's it. That's why. And being weird would potentially make us not fit in. But what we've done is we, we've created another weird that yeah. does let us fit in in our own little, little culture. Right. But it does, it does nothing. Right. But then it's totally irrelevant to the rest of the world. I mean, the way that we go around, like, LSU football is like a religion around here, right? Okay. It's like, if you believe in, in, in LSU or whatever, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to wear the, the clothing and you're gonna, it doesn't matter where you are. It's funny, I was in freaking Russia <laughs> and, and, and somebody was OH. OH. IO. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> it wasn't anybody that I was with. It was like totally, uh, yeah. you know, people I didn't know and they're yelling at each other. Oh, yeah. OHIO. And you joined right in, didn't you? <laughs> Go, Bucks! <laughs> I'm cool with it, man. It's all good. If you're into that, yep. you know. That I'm down. Boat. I like to drink some beer and watch some 
guys throw a ball around. Run around chasing after a ball. Yeah. <laughs> there is this uh, kind of wrestling with we want people to embrace this and we want people to listen to us and so let's try to package this in a way that's normal right <laughs> right and it's almost i shouldn't say almost I, it's a disservice <laughs> to, right. to scripture to jesus to church wasn't meant to be normal but we've yeah <laughs> yeah like put it in a nice little package to make it god to moses normal. i'm gonna set you and your people apart i'm gonna make you weird but yeah let's face it this entire concept of gathering together of these people who believe in Jesus. Again, this guy was weird. Oh yeah. So it's supposed to be a reflection of him, right? And we're a group of people gathering together who believe in this very abnormal character, right? Yeah. So if you really believe in this abnormal character, then you'd probably, you know, exude some of that in the rest of your life, right? So, do you believe in Jesus enough that his, that his weirdness rubs off on you? Mm. Good stuff. Do you believe in Jesus enough to let his weirdness rub off on you? Who, like, again, we have this connotation of weird. I already gave you the weird description. But if, if you were to say, like, weird, we think of, like, awkward or, like, not fitting in or just, like, something, like, like odd, strange, that's kind of the words that we think of. We don't think of that suggesting something supernatural. How are we gonna live a supernatural life? So again, I talked about foundations. We have three foundations for this series. One, Jesus is weird. We just covered that. Born of a virgin, that's weird. Made claims about himself, said he was God, that's weird. Think about, I mean, let's think about that for a second. Your buddy who, you know, grew up in the same neighborhood comes to you and says, yeah, I'm you know, my parents didn't have sex and I was somehow born. And you're like, oh, that's weird, okay. They're lying to you. Um, <laughs> for your own good, I guess, so you don't have to visualize that. Um, and, then, and then they, and then, <laughs> I went there. Um, and, then, and then, like, a week later, he's like, I'm God. I'm sent from God. And it's just, it's like, it just, okay, it's just weird. And then when we look through scripture, I mean, in John 7, uh, Jesus says, or not Jesus, Jesus is speaking to people, and it's like, they say, no one ever spoke like this man. Like, the, the people around him are like, no one ever sp has spoken like this man. It's, it's weird. And so Jesus is one of the most studied, one of the most referenced, one of the most lectured about, uh, debated figures in history. And it, there's, there's some weird stuff with it. Um, and I think if nothing else, we have to look and see how he impacted the world around us. There's something supernatural about the effect that Jesus had on our world. There was a historian who was an atheist named Tom Holland. I found a little write-up, and I want to read this. It's really short, but I want to read some of the things that he says. He says, while studying the ancient world, he said he, it says he realized something. Simply, the ancients were cruel, and their values utterly foreign to him. The Spartans routinely murdered imperfect children. The bodies of slaves were treated like outlets for physical pleasure of those with power. The poor and the weak had no rights. So how did we get from there to here? He said it was Christianity. Christianity, Christianity revolutionized sex and marriage, demanding men control themselves and prohibiting all forms of rape. Christianity confined sexuality within monogamy. 
he, he writes, he said, it's, it's ironic that these are now the very standards for which Christianity is to write it. Like, these are the things that we're like, they, people go against us for now. But he mentions Christianity elevated women. In short, Christianity utterly transformed the world. Jesus, the way of Jesus is different than the way of the world. It's weird. I mean, if you think about that, even the Spartans, I was thinking, all right, they take kids that had deformities. On one level, that makes sense. Why would you want to have your civilization have weak members? Because those weak members are going to create more weak members. So if it's just about keeping your people strong, it makes sense. Let's kill the babies that don't, that don't meet up. And now, us here now, that like makes us cringe. I get that. But if you think about it just on a, hey, I want to keep my people strong and safe, and well, it makes sense. Those slaves, oh, they're my property. I'm going to do what I want to them. I'm, gonna, I'm in power. I'll do what I want. And Jesus comes, and he changes everything. Uh, so our first foundation, Jesus is weird. Jesus is weird. All right? All right, our second foundation for the series is this. We are the church. You've probably heard this before. We are the church. What does that mean? What is, what is the church? I think a lot of people, you say church, and they're going to think it's a building. They're going to say, oh, okay, you're the, your church is the building there on Sawmill Road. That's the church. You know, hey, you want to come to come to church with me? Like, we even say it, like the way that we talk, come to church. This, this building's the church, but that's not. We, individually, we are the church. In Ephesians 5, 29 and 30, we see it said like this. It says, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Okay, this word church here, the word that that's translated from is ecclesia. I don't know if you've heard of that before. I'm not, like, huge into old languages. I'm sure Jason could give you a lot more context than me. But really all this means is outcalling, outcalling. And you can say those called out by God. So when he says, just as Christ does the church, just as Christ does, he loves those who he has called out, those called by his name. Us as believers, we are the body of Christ. We represent Jesus. We are a part of his body. Again, that seems weird. There's something weird there, supernatural. We are his body. So if Jesus is weird and we are his body, we are the church, his body, then the third foundation is this, we should be weird, okay? So those are our three foundations for this series. Jesus is weird, we are the church, we should be weird. How are we being weird? And this is what the whole series is gonna be about. All right, the scripture I'm gonna be in today, if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter six. I'm gonna be reading more scripture than I usually do, so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter six, starting in verse 25. Um, I love, if you guys have certain versions of the Bible translations, they have headers. The header for this is Jesus, the bread of life. I think it's funny, like in church, there's a lot of things that we kind of take for granted as far as the meaning of. But if you just went to some random person and said, Jesus, the bread of life, what kind of reaction do you think you would get? They'd kind of look at you like this, okay, Jesus, the bread of life. What is that? What does that even mean? Jesus, the bread of life. But that's the header for this section. Jesus, the bread of life. And I'm going to read just probably about 25, 30 some verses. So as we read 
through this passage, uh, I want you to take note. Take note of the imagery. Take note of the things that Jesus is saying. Um, the context for this is Jesus had just fed the 5,000. I'm sure you guys remember that story. Jesus and disciples, they went out. They fed the 5,000. He went on to the lake. Peter walks on water. They go to the other side of the lake, and the people had followed him. They were trying to find him. And so this story happened after that. They had gotten to the other side of the lake, and the people had found him. And so this is when we start, verse 25, John chapter 6. It says this, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? When did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. It's already getting kind of weird. They're kind of like, well, okay, what's he talking about? So they ask, then they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they ask him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe in you? Granted, they just saw him feed 5,000 people out of nothing, right? What sign? What sign will you give that we may see it and believe? They're like asking, please give us a sign. Give us something to believe in. What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Again, they're still thinking in like physical terms. Oh, give us, sir, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father, believe, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. I love this. This is where, again, at this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? So here's, here, let's, let's think about what's happening here. We've got this conversation going on, and the people, it's just getting weirder and weirder. And they're like, what is, what is this guy saying? This is the guy, we know, we know his parents, and this guy's saying he's, he's the bread of life? So here, here he goes, stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, 
they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes from me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Here again, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Hopefully you have your, your Bibles. I incorrectly gave people, I incorrectly gave the wrong scripture references. So if you have your Bibles, I will continue to read. We're on verse 49. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Again, he's pointing back to himself. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. I love it. They just keep getting more angry and more angry, and they don't get it. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're still, again, they're still in this mindset of like, he's talking about literal, like, flesh, literal, literal food. And then he just takes it even farther. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in him. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Who knew there was like vampire stories in the Bible? This is some weird things going on. Okay, drink my flesh, you're going to live forever. Wait, isn't that kind of how you turn into a vampire? So, like, is, is Christianity about turning into vampires now? There's, there's a lot in this, all right? Like, we could, we could take this passage and probably do a whole series on this, but I want to highlight a couple of things. First of all, Jesus is framing his interaction with these people with, with words and imagery that they, they have concepts of, but he's flipping it up. You could say he's exploiting their beliefs and their rituals, and he's, and he's reinterpreting what they know to refer to himself, so we talked about, in our last series, we talked about the Israelites fleeing Pharaoh, fleeing Egypt, and, and Jesus sending manna to eat. We, we see that the God, I should say God, not Jesus, God continues to send manna. He sends them water. He sends them what they need to live. And so these people would know about this. Like they, these are things that they would have read and studied. And so he's using some analogies and words that they know about but they keep thinking in, in real terms. They, they keep thinking in, in terms of like real, real bread, real manna, real water, real drink. I mean, that's all of us, right? Who gets thirsty? Anybody get thirsty? Who's hungry? I know there's probably some of you guys that say that and you're like, ooh, what's for lunch? Keep, keep focus, keep focus. We get hungry. And we get, we get, we get so, so worked up over, over, over our fleshly needs. 
when we see Jesus is not talking about our fleshly needs here. He's not talking about actual food. He's, he's speaking about your soul. And so something I want us to, to see here is, that, is this. We are spiritual beings needing spiritual sustenance. Again, this is, this is weird. We're talking about, like, spiritual. Like, all right, it may sound kind of hippie, right? All right, like, just get in your spiritual zone, you know, got your soul. But Jesus is speaking to this. He's not speaking about bread now. He's not speaking about bread that spoils. He's speaking about a sustenance for your soul, a sustenance that's going to give you eternal life in Christ. And so like the people in the story, we, we are drawn to our fleshly needs. We are drawn to what our body needs, and we need it. It's like, if you don't eat, you will physically die. If you don't drink, you will be dehydrated and die. Like, we need fleshly things, but so much of our life is just surrounded on this fleshly desire. And, he, and here's, the, here's the thing. We are a room full of people, maybe even watching, that are spiritually famished. We're spiritually famished. Sure, we've been eating nice meals. We've been doing the things that, that we need in this life, but we are not feeding our souls. Our souls are wearing away. Our spiritual, our spiritual soul is wearing away because we are so focused on what we can see and what we can touch. And again, this is, this is, this is not easy. This is, not, this is weird. It's supernatural, right? There's, there's, but there's something. I think we can all feel it. In our last series, we were talking about enough. We can feel that things aren't right. We can feel that there's a tension in our life that it's just, this isn't right. There has to be something better. There's more than this, than what I see. But yet we continue, like these people, to, to reach for those things that fulfill our flesh. We reach for those things that just, uh, that, that feels better. That feels good. I get, I get what I want, and, and we get our fill, but then it just doesn't solve it. It's not good enough. And so we, we go, and we, and we reach for something else. And that kind of works for a little bit, and then we realize, man, that just doesn't fulfill. And Jesus is saying in this, to these people, he's saying, I am that fulfillment. I am that fulfillment. And to many people, that just, it doesn't make sense. And to some, it's even offensive. Let's look at the next part in the scripture, John 6, verses 60. And so on hearing it, many of his disciples, so on hearing all these things that Jesus just said, Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray them, betray him. Speaking about Judas here. He went on to say this, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve I love this. Simon Peter answered, Lord, 
To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. This Jesus thing, this following Jesus, it, it can be hard. It can be weird. Uh, and I think a lot of times we've, we've tried so hard to answer every single question, to put nice little bows on everything. And that's, that's not what Jesus did. He, he asked some hard questions. He, he phrased some things really weird. The early church, they were seen as cannibals sometimes because of verses like this. Like, those guys eat flesh and drink blood. It's, it's weird. But he spoke in stories, and I, I think there's an element, I was talking to somebody just this week about this, that Scripture points to, you know, when you look at Scripture as a whole, there's a lot of tough stuff in Scripture. You have to work through some things, and I feel like we've really tried to to just minimize maybe the, the weirdness of Scripture. But there's some tough things in there. But when I take a look at, at the grand scheme of things, it does this. It, it makes you realize that you can't have all the answers. It gets you to a place that you actually, you need Jesus. You need God. You see your limitations. You see the fact that, okay, I can't solve all of this on my own. And I think there's a, there's a beauty in that. You see so many times, in, in, you know, in Scripture, Jesus said, you know, take up my cross, follow me. You know, be humble, be a servant. All these backward things. He said a lot of weird things. And so what's that interaction in our life? Are we embracing the weird? Are we, are we running to him on the things that we don't understand? I think that's what he wants. I don't, I don't think he's, like, proud when someone's like, oh, I've got all the answers and I'm— perfectly. No, no, I think he wants us to come to him. But sometimes it is weird. And so as we continue in this weird series, let's, let's embrace the weird. Let's embrace maybe some of the difficult elements of our faith. And instead of running away, or instead of pushing away like some of the disciples and some of these people in the story, let's, let's push in. Uh, like I said, I love what Peter, who, where would we go? To whom, to whom shall we go? I think we can ask that question for us. What, where would we go? What would we do? I think if nothing else, this last year and a half, it's a year and a half now, yeah, a little over a year and a half pandemic, we're, like, we understand the limitations of what we control. We realize how life can change like that. You know, think of like Marvel. You know, if, you, if you're a Marvel fan, uh, the, you know, he gets the glove, he has all the some of you guys are like, Marvel, what, a glove? Uh, Thanos, uh, you, bear with me. You, you know if you know. This guy named Thanos, he's got all the Infinity Stones, and when you get the Infinity Stones, you can do anything you want. And he literally, he snaps his finger, and half of the population of the whole world just disappears. Just, just like that. All the Marvel nerds are like, yeah. And if you're not, you're like, this is terrible. Why is he talking about this? But we, we, we've, we've felt this. We've felt this, this element in our life that we are not in control, and we, we just we, we can't have all the answers. And so for us today, we are, we are spiritual beings. We need spiritual food. Your soul needs sustenance. And you can only get that through Christ. You can only get that through Jesus. And so let's continue. Let's continue to work through this together. Let's continue to embrace the weird. Let's keep our sight on Jesus.
And in doing that, we get to celebrate communion today. Actually, this is a really cool, uh, this worked out perfectly. Today is World Communion Day. World Communion Sunday. The first October, um, the first Sunday in October every year is World Communion Day. I didn't know this. Jason let me know. And it worked out perfectly because we're talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. So we're going to eat some flesh and drink some, some blood together today. But the great thing is we are doing this with churches all over the world today. There are churches, countless churches, who are going to be taking these elements together. And so we talk about the church. We, we, we are the church. We're going to join in with church at large. We're going to join in with other believers in Jesus Christ. And we're going to take these elements and we're going we're gonna to remember and we're going to celebrate what Jesus did for us in the sacrifice. So let's go ahead You've got your, your element. Let's take the, the, the wafer, the bread. I think the disciples, you know, when they, when they came to that Passover meal with Jesus, and, and Jesus is taking the bread, and here again he, he starts talking. He said this. This is my body, which is unbroken for you. And I wonder if they thought back to that conversation with the crowd that day. I wonder if they thought back, like, oh, remember when Jesus was talking about eating his body and drinking his blood? I wonder if, I wonder if they thought back to that, where he was talking about it, and now realizing, and they didn't quite realize it yet, what was going to happen, but they started maybe putting some points together. And Jesus, again, takes the bread, he breaks it, he said, this is my body, which is unbroken for you. So, as believers in Jesus today, and believers all over the world, let's, let's take this and remember his body that was broken for us. later in the meal where he, he got the, the cup of wine. This is where he, he talked about his blood, which was shed. And so as we take the juice, let's remember and celebrate what Christ's blood means for us. Let's take it and be thankful and celebrate. God, we, we know that we don't have all the answers, and at times, following you can feel weird. It can feel hard. There can be a lot of questions. Um, but in this story, even as we see in this story, God, I pray that we would be like the disciples, that we would lean in and say, you know what? We have nowhere else to go. This life cannot give us anything that we need. This life is not going to give us anything that's going to last, and it's only through you, God, that we can have lasting life a life with purpose, a life with meaning. And even though I don't always understand everything about that, God, we're going we're gonna to lean into that. We're going to wrestle with that. We're going to trust in your goodness and trust in your love and trust in the things that we've, we've heard and seen of you and your character, God. 
So I pray over each of these people here, anybody watching online, whether today or another day on a repeat, whatever it may be, God, I pray that, that you would be very real in each of our lives today. And that, that we would be working more to a place of that trust in you, more to a place of embracing just the love that you have shown us, God. God, we love you and we thank you so much for all that you do, all that you've done. And I pray that through your power, we can stay weird. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join us. We're going to continue to sing this last song, What a Beautiful Night.